You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive, here with the Hubs. Hey, <laughs> James is joining me on the podcast this week because it is our fifth wedding anniversary. Woo! And we've been uh, officially dating for nine years. Literally today. Nine years. So we had some champagne and now we're going to do a podcast together. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> But we are chatting all about five ways we strive to thrive in our marriage in honor of our five-year anniversary. All right. So we planned pretty much nothing for this. We've got a couple of bullet points jotted down. And then we figured- Literally five bullet points. Yeah, literally we got five bullet points. I think we might have a combined 10 words. (laughs) So we're really just going to rip off of each other and see uh, if teamwork makes the dream work for- today's episode. So let's jump into it. Short and sweet. First thing that we uh, think is a way that we strive to thrive in our marriage. I'll let you kick us off, James, since you, uh, this was your bullet point. Wait, what'd you say? Just kidding. The first point is (laughs) listening. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Uh, So to thrive in our marriage, one of the things, and I think it, it may be more for men, uh, is, <laughs> wow. Thank God you said it is listening to your spouse and not just, you know, listening while you're looking at them, but intently, you know, intentively actually paying attention and understanding what your spouse says to key in on whether they want feedback or they want to vent or they just want to share their day. Um, I know I have been guilty, uh, many times of listening, but also my mind wanders. So uh, in order to thrive in our marriage, um, is listening, so, <laughs> truly, truly listening. Yeah. I've busted you a lot of times of like listening for keywords and then not really paying attention. And I'm someone who really craves to be understood at an extraordinarily deep level. <laughs> so I always would call you out on that. And then well, you've thrown but, a lot. Well, but the tough thing is like your processing speed is so quick, but <laughs> I will delete my excuse. And, um, look, you know, if, if you struggle in your marriage with, with the listening part, one of the things that I find helpful is to actually physically position yourself in front of your better half and give them your attention, look in their eyes. And if you need to, it's okay. If you can uh, restate what they just said, it's not weird. Uh, <laughs> it may, it may make them feel awkward at first, but I think it's endearing. I like well. that. It doesn't mean you're going to perfect it overnight because we are men. We are from Mars uh, and you are from Venus, <laughs> but that that's our first tip on thriving. Unless you want to add anything else. No, in. I'm going to add an addendum though, that these are our tips for striving to thrive yeah, because we're totally works in progress, just like everybody else. So we just wanted to share, like, this is basically things that either have worked for us or really continue to work for us on a, on very much a journey of trying to be the best possible partners for each other. Um, 
we are absolutely in no way, shape or form perfect. So we're not coming at it. We're not trying to come at this from a place of, we we've got this figured out and we're passing on advice. Like this is just tips that tips that we think are most valuable that we continue to strive to incorporate into our marriage and into our relationship every single day, I would say. Yeah. I'm glad that you got my joke in the beginning there. Cause I could see your face starting to light up at me. I was um, listening. So what is our second, <laughs> what's our second so our second way we strive to thrive in our marriage, um, I put adapting. Why? Because I think adapting, growing, evolving, um, I think it's something that has to be kind of like a conscious choice to do together because I think too often you hear people who say, they fell out of love because they grew apart or they were growing in different directions or whatever. And obviously I think people have natural trajectories of their own individual lives to a certain extent, but I think there's also some choice involved or some intentionality that has to be there for continuing to grow together and continually having hobbies that you enjoy doing together or things that connect you in some way. And on the adapting side of it, um, adapting together when life throws inevitable curveballs your way. So, and I think that's something that we've, I'll give us a pat on the back. I think we adapt pretty darn well when we have curveballs thrown our way, um, where you're really kind of getting on. Actually, I remember my mom gave me this advice like forever ago that whenever you have an argument or a disagreement with your partner, if you can visualize it as two people playing volleyball, for example, <laughs> instead of being on opposite sides of the net going at each other, you have to think of it as two people on the same side of the net and you're, you're as a team together going against the problem, not making the problem the thing that comes between the two of you. So I think when it comes to something like adapting, that kind of is the same sort of concept or the same sort of visual mm-hmm. where you have to be coming together on the same team to figure it out instead of having it be something where it accidentally or inadvertently becomes like a, well, you think this, but I think this, and we must be on opposite sides. Or it's a, it's like a, he said, she said becomes a fight when it wasn't meant to be a fight sort of thing. Well, you know, I'll add to this, uh, this adaptability is, uh, you know, we have, what's it, what's the stat? Like 50% of people end up getting divorced. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Anybody in a marriage or in a relationship everybody at some point is going to have a disagreement in their relationship. And we as human beings have to have this like thought of leaving the situation because it's always easier when you can control the entire situation. How do we, how do we drive control is by ourselves. I think one of the things that has worked for me in our relationship in adapting is giving it just some time. Like if we have a disagreement or if on a different page, not rushing to judgment on that first day, you know, sleeping on it, giving it a couple of days and letting your body regulate back and, and looking at it from a different, a different angle, different perspective. If I compare it to something that maybe we'll understand is think about what your favorite movie was when you were young. It is likely not your favorite movie today. And it's like your spouse might be that movie when you were young, but like, there's differences like movies you, you can, you can change, but when you're in marriage, it's, it, it's a commitment. So it's like going back to that original movie and like how you felt and like really cultivating that feeling long-term it's hard. Am I still it, your favorite movie? You are. You've always been my favorite movie. <laughs> 
No, I like that. That's really good advice. Okay, give us. Because, you know, if you're in my movie, you have all my favorite actors in it. You had a great, a great story. But again, like, look, nobody's ever a finished product yeah. until we until we're dead. And then we're literally a finished product. But if we didn't die on that, that, that foreseen day, we, we would still be a work in progress. So when you have people that leave each other, um, it's, it's heartbreaking because everybody's going to evolve and adapt and keep changing. And it's, I think it's one of the beauty uh, parts of our relationship is seeing how you grow and how you adapt and vice versa. So adaptability. Mm-hmm. And leaning into, and leaning into what we each need. I think that's something I'll give us a pat on the back again that I think we at least try to do is always asking each other like, okay, well, what do you, what do you need from me in this moment? Or like, how can I support you better or more like leaning into, okay, not how do I change for you for something, but leaning into just how can I adapt what I might've naturally been doing or what I would have been doing for me in a moment to be there for you too. And to really make sure that I'm meeting your needs speaking your love language, all that kind of good stuff. Do you think that goes into the first point of listening though, too? Absolutely. Um, I, I agree with you. Cause I feel like in listening is I'm always trying to fix something. If you're, if you're hurting, Hey, how can I fix it? Uh, mm-hmm. but I think I've learned how I'm again, I'm striving to, to be even better here, is, but, to but <laughs> is listening for context, like whether you just want to vent versus something, whether you yeah. want like good feedback and what I've also learned in adapting to our conversations over so far nine years is just really understanding whether you just need some time to figure it out as well, because you may have something that you think of in the moment that may be your solution, but then something else happens uh, down the road that maybe give you clarity in, in what you're trying to solve. So that's why I like adapting and just learning it's, it's, you know, they go hand in hand here on those two for things. Sure. For sure. So what's wanna, next? Well, yeah, let me see. Let me see what our notes ahead, are. You can give us that. All right. Our next thing we put down here is accountability. Accountability, holding each other accountable. So uh, I like to sleep in. There is no <laughs> doubts about this. So Eric and I are both Catholic and uh, we go to church every Sunday um, like many Christians do, whatever denomination they're in. And we go typically to nine o'clock mass, right? Mm-hmm. Or is it nine 30? I don't know. <laughs> but you know, when it comes Sunday, it's like, I'm, I'm so tired from the week. It's, I don't necessarily want to go to nine o'clock. I want to go to 10 30, but if it's not 10 30, I'm like, let's just watch it on TV. And you've been really goody about like just holding us accountable because we have a toddler and we want to like, we want to send that message to Olivia that like, look, we want to be a part of this. Here's how we do this. So about holding each other accountable. It's that microcosm of a lot of things we do in our relationship of just holding each other to a higher standard of who we see each other, because it's so easy to kind of get into that rhythm of gossiping or, or, um, any bad habit. Or, or any bad yeah. habit that you shouldn't be in. And, you know, you, you ever know, like, and I'm like, oh, I'm guilty of it. It's like you kind of get in these bad habits and then you might find somebody in your life that that cultivates that for you and you feel like that's easier. But then having you as a spouse saying like, look, that's not the version of you that you know you could be. It sucks. It sucks to hear that sometimes because nobody likes to be told that they're doing something wrong or they can be better. Um, but I really enjoy that about our marriage is that 
you always say, you know, like, Hey, there's a better version of you in there that I've seen. And I'm going to hold you accountable for that. So Mm -hmm. that's why I put that down. What do you think? I totally agree. You keep me accountable with my workouts, which I love. (laughs) Um, I think it's important to, to have a positive approach with accountability where it's not coming from a place of shame um, or guilt tripping someone into something. But like you said, really focusing on the fact that you know someone and love someone for their best self and you see their potential and you're pushing them towards that in a very positive, uplifting, encouraging kind of way, not in like a demeaning or discouraging way where it's, like I said, where it's shaming in some way, but where it's really like, Hey, listen, I know you might not be motivated in the moment for something, but like, this is, I know that this is your bigger, your bigger picture, or I know this is your bigger goal. Like keep would your you, sight set on it. Would you simplify it? it it's kind of like a workout. Nobody enjoys physically. Well, maybe some people do, but I don't, okay, enjoy, no gain. I don't enjoy <laughs> physically working out, Yeah. but I love the feeling after I have worked out. Yeah. And then it kind of sets the tone for my entire day. Like holding each other accountable is, is like that, that workout. It's, it's sometimes it's really difficult, but every single time you are a better human being, you know, at the end of the day, you can sleep and you feel better about that stuff. Mm -hmm. So for sure. And I think it helps keep us on track with our own personal growth goals too, because if, if you're communicating with each other about goals that you have or goals for your relationship or goals for your family or whatever, and then you're forcing yourself to check in on that and keep yourselves on track inevitably you will then grow too, because you're holding each other to a higher standard. That is a, that is naturally positioned for, for that trajectory. So I think it was a good one you put on there. Thank you. What do we got next? Um, okay. Number four, fourth way we strive to thrive in our marriage planned date nights. Yeah. We're not great at this, but we have gotten so much better. Yeah. We, I mean, and I, I think we strive to do this once every other week. And look, we're blessed. We have um, we have Erica's parents that help us with with Olivia. Um, we're very blessed by them. Um, sometimes we don't do it every other week, but when we do have those date nights, I always feel like it's just a really good time that we connect. Mm-hmm. And you ever notice, like when we go through like our day to days, it ends up being week to week. And then you're like, wait, what happened with that month? But like somehow like <laughs> and now I, it's Christmas and now it's 2022. Somehow what? I remember those date nights though, of just kind of being there with you. And I think like when we, when we didn't have Olivia and we were dating, it's like, we did it all the time. And we, you know, I kind of, I kind of like took advantage of that. And I like lost sight of like how great that was. So, you know, it's kind of like everything. It's like, when you don't have it as much, you appreciate it that much more, but mm-hmm. those planned date nights are a really great opportunity for me to build on my listening skills, adapt, <laughs> and then also, uh, discuss how we hold each other accountable. <laughs> but look, we're not nerds. We don't just like, just do like, Hey, I'm your accountability partner every single day. Like, um, Gosh, no. no, we're like normal human beings so, <laughs> and work on that. But yeah, but I will say, I think one of our last planned date nights was bingo at the firehouse with a bunch of amazing. senior citizens. So <laughs> you say we're not nerds, but like we're kind of nerds. Yeah. You know, I thought we were going to go for like a half an hour. We stayed for we stayed the, the whole time like and four. we loved every second. <laughs> I, made, I made a whopping $9 <laughs> that, that went in back into the bingo pot, but it was great. No. Um, so yeah, those, those planned nights. And I would say, how did too, that start? 
How did well, we start because that? We were, we were at a place where we were just too stuck in a rut of putting Liv down to sleep. And then we would just get in our routine of sitting on the couch and watching, watching Netflix together or whatever. And like, that's fine. We love that. That kind of is connecting time for us. A lot of times because we're just chilling together and relaxing and unwinding, but it's connecting on a different level, obviously, when you can get out of the house, get out of your routine, do something fun together, laugh together, have conversation, like look each other in the face and talk about something that's not your kid or your job. That's, I think that is helpful in terms of even just like reminding you why you like the person and just having fun times together. Do you remember, we have fun. Do you remember when we first learned about this though? Mm. When did we first hear about making date night a priority? Probably a long time ago. It's like a pop quiz. Oh gosh. Was it our premarital counseling? Is there pre-cana classes? Yeah. Hey yo. Is it pre-cana? Yeah. Yeah. Our pre-cana classes, we heard um, that one of the uh, best pieces of advice that uh, the person in charge was telling us was, you know, go on date nights. Now, if you want to know how to do this, um, you don't need necessarily money to do this. So it could be, you can go out and get a cup of coffee or you can go for a walk. It's just the whole idea of it is just to take you out of what you're used to in your normal day-to-day routine and focus on each other. So, you know, you got to learn how to be creative. I am guilty because I was very creative in the beginning of a relationship. And I find myself getting in the doldrums and I have to kind of pull myself out and go and shake myself and go, you know how to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are the moments and look, try, start with once a month mm-hmm. and just go from there and see where you can go. But, um, and here's the thing, if you can't get a babysitter or you don't have family nearby or whatever, and you do have kids, it's not, some, if you can't leave the house, that's okay. I think just echoing what you just said, getting creative, having fun with that. I mean, you could like build a blanket for it in your living room and like tell scary stories and I don't know, do some like random, crazy, fun stuff together and still have a good time, you know? So. All right. What else have we got? We got one more. Oh, I will add on to that though. Can I say one more thing? Please. So, no cell phones. No cell phones. Of or course, like, no, no cell phones. Well, because we were just, we were literally just on our trip for our anniversary at Universal and we were sitting at a bar one night for dinner and we literally looked to our left, looked to our right. And there were two couples and every single person was on their phone. Like the couple to the left of us, the girl was texting someone. The guy had football playing on his phone and he's just watching TV. And then to the right, it was the same sort of thing where people were just literally eating their meals in silence, watching their cell phones. And it blew my mind because we were like, huh? <laughs> like, all right, what are you doing? Like, this is talk to each other. I don't know. It was just, it was sad. So if you really want to connect, don't have your phone be a part of it unless you have like this really funny thing you're going to share your partner and then you put it back down again. <laughs> Amen. Which, which would lead into our last topic. Our last thing, which is Fifth the way. little things in our relationship. So, um, you know, like, so you just mentioned, we went to universal. That's a, a very big grandiose thing. We want to the do big f- thing. for our, for our 50th anniversary. Like those things are cool. Um, and we're very blessed to be able to do that, but the little things everybody can do. So, uh, for example, what Erica does for me is, you know, I'll wake up and I love coffee in the morning. Like, I don't care what kind of coffee you put in front of me. I enjoy the smell of it, the whole experience of it. I look forward to it all day, every day. And Erica will always somehow, you know, brew me a cup of coffee and just, and put it there. It's ready to go. It's scalding hot. I love it. 
and I don't have to ask. It's like those little things, or, you know, it's when I get home from work and I see Erica um, and she's adapted, you know, you know, she'll, she'll start cooking a meal to allow me to kind of change into clothes and settle down and like play with Olivia. Like it's those little things. So you like me in the kitchen is what no, you're saying. No, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just, it's just one of those things. Cause you know, Erica's adapted to me. And like, when I get home, like my awareness, I'm always looking at, do I have to do dishes? Do I have to do these other things? And like, well, here, like I'll, I, I'll... but like, but I can't like how I'm built right now is I seem to not be able to enjoy myself until I get like some chores done. And that's just how I've always been. So like you've adapted and you do those like little things that, that I just really come to appreciate, which just grows my love for you. And this was, and when he says adapt, it's because James, let's give him credit where credit is due here. He's a really freaking good cook. So for a lot of our relationship, I'm not in the past. I was not the most domestic type. We can I tell him the chicken noodle story. Let's keep that one in the archives, my love. Um, <laughs> but um, now I'll, I have intentionally tried to rework my schedule so that I do have dinner started or as much done as possible or whatever. So that by the time Jam comes home, he can get dressed in comfy clothes and focus on hanging out with Olivia because we had talked about it. And that was something that he was like, you know what, it would really mean a lot to me if instead of having to even think about cooking, I can just have like some time to be with her first after getting home from the day, since especially since I've already been with her for a couple of hours at that point. So we were like, all right, sometimes we tag team meals or like I start it and he finishes it or whatever. But it was just kind of more of an effort to shift responsibilities <laughs> so that what was important to you, you were able to do. And it just kind of like balanced out. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's those, those little things. And, you know, it's not like it wasn't, I don't think it was conscious choice that we're like, all right, today we're going to do little things. I just think, I don't know. It's like, it's kind of like, as you grow with somebody, you just kind of learn. I think it takes a lot of intention though. Like, I think it's something that you have to con at least for me, like people get comfortable in relationships, I think. And that's how I think things get dull or might feel not as special years down the road as they might've when you first started dating someone. So I think it really takes effort sometimes to constantly be thinking, okay, what little thing can I do to make them feel seen, to make them feel loved, heard, understood, to remind them that I care just as much about them as they do about me and that they're my best friend and like whatever the case might be. So I think it's that like always just being willing to remind yourself and ask yourself again, like, okay, well, look, look around, what can I do that will make them feel a little bit better and that's the thing, just a little bit. So that's like, okay, if I can make you a cup of coffee and that'll make you feel a little bit better. Amazing. Like done. Well, let's, let's give him a bonus one then. Oh boy. Look, and you know, He's so going off script. sometimes you also need a nudge because it's usually two people, right? In mm -hmm. this marriage. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, in this, well, it's just <laughs> us. marriage. Yeah. Two people, but sometimes you're unable to figure it out. So one of the things that we've grown is we have went to therapy. We both did it ourselves. And I think one of the things I was skeptical of. Yeah, you of, mean we've both been to I individual was, therapy, yeah, not I was, like couples. Yeah, therapy. we haven't done the, the couples therapy. Maybe we will in the future. I don't know. But it's not like a taboo word in my mind. But it was taboo for myself for a long time. But I think when I went to therapy for a couple of months, I just got to understand myself better and how to 
take messaging differently and to turn it uh, into where it should be. And that's, you know, but rooted into love. Um, so I think that has really helped me kind of adapt and do things a little bit differently. If you'd agree mm-hmm. with that, if you don't agree absolutely. with it, say nothing, but <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm such a huge advocate for therapy. Cause I think it just offers another perspective on life in general. And if you, I think it's much better to talk to a trained professional about your relationship than it is to talk to an undoubtedly biased source, as much as someone like your best friend or your, like as much as your girlfriends might love you or your guy friends or whoever they're biased because they are your friends. They're your side. So, yeah. right. So I think, I mean, granted, some no matter how awesome. many times they say they're not, they're going to be, I mean, here's the a thing. middle person. It's never that way. Some could get, so, like, if you have a really, really good friend who can kind of who's willing to tell you, like, shoot you straight. It's rare. Right. It's, it's rare, like finding but it could a unicorn. happen. It could happen. But I do think that having some sort of, like, third-party outside perspective for harder conversations or whatever the case might be, just advice where they can tell you to your face when you are in the wrong, <laughs> I think that's really invaluable because it helps fast-track your growth and not have you in a stuck mindset where you're doing something or acting in a way that's just not serving your, your relationship the way that it needs to. So yeah, five, but actually six ways we strive to thrive in our marriage. We always like to go above and beyond. This is true. This is true. That's who we are. So yeah, that's all we got for you. Uh, any parting words for the people? No, just, um, looking forward to talking about the 10 things Oh boy, we do in five years. Yeah. Stick around five years from now in a podcast near you, you'll have 10 ways we strive to thrive in our marriage, but, uh, thanks for joining me on the podcast, James. Oh, glad and love it. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of thrive. Drop five stars on your way out. If you like what you just listened to and come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.